You're listening to Kraken Fancast. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans. By Seattle Kraken fans. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. I'm here with my colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, for some Seattle Kraken hockey talk. Yes, Nathan. I said it. Nathan is back with us. Lots to catch up with our with our friend. And uh, before we get to all that and all the Kraken talk, and there's a lot of sad Kraken talk to talk about. We're angry, sad. We're not happy right now. And we're going to tell you all about why. You all know why if you're a Kraken fan. And we'll get to that in a moment. But before that, I want to give big, big thanks to our sponsor, the Angry Beaver, Seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the Greenwood neighborhood of Seattle. If you're not going to the Kraken game, catch the game at the Angry Beaver. So as I alluded to just three or four seconds ago, uh, we've been going through some disappointing times, Kraken fans. The past three games have been disappointing and to some of us in a very alarming way. Uh, As of our recording today, we're recording this shortly after the uh, Montreal Canadiens Seattle Kraken game in Montreal. Uh, The team has now been on a five game losing streak one of their worst in their short history. Uh, we're recording this, like I said, just before, the, uh, just after the recent road game in Montreal. They've been on a road road uh, trip through Canada over the last few days. Um, and, you know, the last three games we're going to talk about right now, it starts on November 30th, going uh, to Toronto to take on the Maple Leafs. And uh, this was... A close game, but uh, gee, it was also the Mitch Marner show. Uh, Kraken lose this one four to three uh, in uh, shootout uh, goals. So, so okay, yeah, they get a point, I guess, but uh, still, it was uh, it was a tough game. Uh, they greatly. I don't know where I'm. I'm stuttering. I don't know where to start, guys. It's like they they really outshot the Maple Leafs forty to twenty eight. Yet uh, just can't seem to get enough quality shots. Uh, game started off with uh, you know Mitch, Mitch Marner starting right off. A guy gets a hat trick. He gets the first two goals in the game. One in the first period starts off uh, the second period with a second. Luckily, our, our guy Jared, Jared McCann. Got his 10th goal of the season, uh, thanks to uh, some assists by Eberly and Bjorkstrand to make it a little interesting. It was two to one. Then Mitch Marner gets his hattie. They're down three to one. And this is not looking good after two periods. But give the Kraken some, some props. Sometimes they can really come back and turn around a game. I've often said they're a great 40-minute uh, team uh unfortunately hockey game is 60 minutes folks but you know they do come up with uh, at least one if not two good periods and ellie tolvenin and jared mccann again he gets two that day for his 11th tolvenin was his sixth two two goals in the third to tie it up and take it into overtime overtime did not result in a winner there was some they they were controlling the puck quite a bit in that overtime but couldn't get it past Wall, who was being quite the wall, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs goalie. And, um, well, back and forth, back and forth. The Kraken do not have a great record when it comes to shootout games. Shoot, shoot, they have plenty of shootout losses. And who got the final winner but Mitch Marner uh, to uh, to uh, give the Toronto Maple Leafs two points in that one. Um, 
all three of us saw that game. Um, Jim, you want your takes on that one? Okay. Um, getting down early is starting to be a pattern, it seems, again. It seems like we kind of cleaned that up last year for sure. Uh, you know, the Marner show was getting to me early. Um, they were just dominating. Uh, 17-7 in shots in the first, is that correct? I think I yes, uh, thir- thir- 13 to seven. Uh, that Toronto was over, yeah. I mean, they were just dominating. the second and third periods. And when uh, when the uh, let's see, th- 13 it was 13 7 Toronto, and then it was the second period when Seattle really came on 17 to seven, and they right. also were ahead of them on the third period. So, it so was starting slow, like you said, yeah, it was. I mean, first period, forget it, second, third's fine, and like you said, uh, Joseph Wall was just. That was it. He stole the game. There's no question about it. With 39 shots, uh, you can't deny what he did. You know, we were peppering him um, with some quality stuff. It was just a really tough game to watch. Uh, the effort was there, you know, and it had, it had that total. I don't know if you caught it, but the the audio production uh, with Forza and everybody upstairs in the booth just sounded so intense. It reminded me of like typical uh, Bob Cole calls back in early hockey night in Canada stuff. Yeah, I didn't so, think of that, but you're right. It was, yeah, it has that. They're so good at the audio production in, in the Canadian big venues like that. And it, it just is way more alive than it can sound on a lot of these games. Um, yeah, just a frustrating game. And of course that three on three was absolute chaos, you know, uh, and I struggle with that. So many people love it. I still struggle with it as an ex coach, um, but I'm not going to grind on that. So yeah, that was a tough, tough gig for sure. Um, I didn't put a whole lot of notes down other than um, there was some bonehead plays, you know, that's what's been going on the last three games too. It's a lot of, we may be putting in a big solid effort for at least 40. And if we're on the comeback trail, just a few bonehead moves and that's it. And the transition's all done going the other way and they score or some just bad stuff being pushed to the uh, outside. We're not able to get inside. It's been very similar in these three games, you know, Sometimes I've noticed the opposite, though, too. We've, you know, like the first period, you know, they have an average of four to five shots on us to start the game and get a goal in those four to five shots. What's that about? You know, one thing that we talked about before we started recording was that sometimes we'll do good in the first 40 minutes or we'll have you know, very, very slow testing the waters, kind of seeing what's going on the first two periods. And then the third period, we explode, like in the Toronto game. When they came back, figure, well, this might be, we might have something going here. And then, unfortunately, didn't quite go that way. But, I don't know, Chris, do you do you, do you agree that sometimes it's just kind of first or second period, it's, Hey, let's try this or it's bonehead crap. And then the third period, they're like, okay, we got to go. Yeah. We've seen a lot of games like that. They're also though, conversely, there've been other games where they started off pretty well and then they've had a one goal or two goal lead going in in the third period. And yeah. it doesn't give us this feeling of confidence. I feel more confident. They're up three goals or more. You know, like get that Sharks game a few games ago or something. Okay, now I'm relaxed. But if they're just up a goal or two, I'm like, oh, gee, I don't know. And then 
the, the opponent tied it up and there was another overtime. I got to look up at the stat, guys. I, I don't have it in front of me. But it feels to me that the Kraken have been in more ties, regulation ties, than, than most teams. I got to look up who's been most. Oh, yeah. It feels yeah, this got me so frustrated. I think I said, you know, like seven times in nine well, seconds. They had six. Uh, well, wait a minute. I got to remember this. Uh, before the last game, I believe we were at five or six, and there was only one other team tied with us, and the rest had like anywhere between two, two and four. Um, but you're right. I mean, we're getting those stupid one-point games. And at that point, if you if you collect that many one-point games, you might as well be like me and go back to old-school hockey and just be happy with a tie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm they, dead serious. I mean, it's, it's nice that dumb. at least it's competitive. I mean, I'd feel, you know, I'd feel worse if it was the Sharks and, you know, you're getting blown out most of your games, but at least I, I like that they're in it. But that makes it all that more frustrating because you figure they can win this game. They should win this game. They're a hair from winning this particular game, or they've been out shooting this other team. So they should be winning. Like, it feels like on paper and the the talent on that team and what we've seen them do last season why isn't it working this 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 year so far well there's they're spending a lot of time in overtime on resets i get you need to reset you need to make sure that everybody is ready and on the same page ready to explode up through the neutral zone but they literally i've watched it happen they'll they'll kill 15 20 seconds precious seconds just on the reset before they try to make it into the opposition and try to do something. Or there's, uh, I'm going to toe drag it and look like I'm going to shoot. Nope, I'm going to pass it, and the pass is off. No look pass, or just, you know, it gets broken up. That's something that I wish, I don't know, they need to figure that out quickly. Yeah, and, you know, the next game, you know, down the road in Ottawa, First play, time playing the uh, Senators this year, right? Yeah, and uh, this one, I mean, they didn't get blown out. It was, it was a tight game, uh, but again, another one where they handily outshot this team, 39-28, and, uh, well, you know, and the Senators were going in with a three-game losing streak, ended that against the Kraken, and, um, it you know, they lose 2 to nothing. There was a little screw up, right, Jim, with the uh, the cord. Right, yeah, that. there was a communication breakdown. Uh, you know, a lot of people freak out about, uh, say, Joey or or any puck playing goaltender. Well, you're going to have if you have one on your club, it's like having an extra D out there. And and as a player, as a forward, as a defenseman, you actually love that. So it works a lot more than it doesn't. Every once in a while, you're going to have a communication problem, especially on a heavy, hard four check when you don't have time to make a decision and the communication is not there. And that's what happened. And he got burned. They got burned. Um, so same type of deal though, that they, they got down early in that one, right? Two, nothing. Uh, first period of my yeah, record. Yeah. 17, 21. Yeah. Uh, first period. And then, uh, at 1337 in the second period and, so, then, and nothing, nothing in the third. Yeah. So we're back on the pattern of getting scored on early and coming out, of, trying to claw out of a hole, which in the past, going back to last year, that didn't happen much, but it did in the inaugural season. Inaugural season. That's why this is feeling yeah. like the first but, season in a way. But, but last year you felt like, okay, no big deal, right? There's plenty of time. And we were a really good, like, this is what you said, Nathan, we like last year, we were a really good second period adjustment, whether it was film or whatever brought down, worked in the room, 
and then turn it around. This year, it's all over the place. We might do that in the third, might not do it in the second. It's there's no rhyme or reason. It's not working out. Period. Um, and you know that that goes back to what I've talked about. At least in my opinion, we'll go. We talked about how the system's getting broken down by other clubs, and they know it. So, and it's also you, it's about quality shots too. I mean, this was another game where, you know, all yeah. Tip tip of the cap to Anton Forsberg. He had a hell of a yes. that you know the Kraken making some of these guys look better, or they're just not getting quality shots, or we're just catching them on a on a on an amazing night where these guys are you know playing on the heads. You know, thirty nine shots like the guy stopped. You know, that's an, it was fantastic. It's another stolen game. It's another stolen game. Back to backs, basically. You know, enough enough stolen on the other way. You know, yeah. And, and then the next game, a little, little like the Toronto game, starting off slow and then having to come try to come back, uh, and also you know an opponent, you know one of their players uh, has you know has a multi goal game Monahan and on in this case, oh yeah, uh, crack and loose uh, on this stint here four to two, uh, another one. This one was closer on the shots on goal. This was actually for a while the Kraken were way ahead. Canadians came back a little more on that as far as they had a little more of a flurry of, of shots after a while and and the kraken were stopping them actually uh 33 to 30 was was the final on that that as far as the uh, shots on goal but you know the habs came out way ahead Hot. they were up three to nothing monahan with with two goals uh pearson with the other one and jared mccann god bless him once again you know who who sort of <laughs> bails us out or always seems to be playing his a game uh is jared mccann he got his 12th and um had a had a nice little snapper right up on the top right corner uh and then early on the uh in the third period um Vince Dunn had a nice, nice slap shot in there. And you're like, whoa, okay, they're in this. And and the Canadians, you know, were were a little more on their heels in that period. Okay, do they have enough enough to come back? But uh, you know, a Anderson got a uh, empty net goal, and uh, that was that of the Habs, and that was it. So losing four to two and number numero five so far on this long losing streak. I would have yeah. liked to seen, you know, on that one that should have been called an icing came down into the Habs zone and it came off and Ebbs went to shoot it. If he would have just been able to get just a little bit more elevation on that, put it top shelf, that would have been uh that would have been another one we could have had, you know, spilled milk now. If yeah. you look if you look too though at the hits, 23-13, it wasn't like that the first period. It wasn't yeah, like but, that. But remember, those hits can go both ways. When they're that high and you're getting played hard because uh, you were running and they're chasing you down and they're taking you out, you know? Sure. So what, one thing I noticed, though, is the block shot. So we, 33 shots on that, 22 or 21 block shots by them. But we threw 50-some-odd shots on that or close by, right? So once again, chances, yeah, thirty-three on the, the net, but there were many more shots. Yeah, but they were all outside. There was all kinds right. of traffic and everything. But I mean, they're doing what he's instructing, just to fire the puck. But we're not getting any inside action. Go back to the small forward stuff. Go back to let's have how about two guys on paint instead of one. You know, Jordan Everly can't just be the only guy out there. Somebody else has to be within five feet of him. Make it miserable for the two D. Look what happens when they do that to us. Look at the confusion it creates between. Borgen and Alexiak when there's shit in front of the net. 
You yeah. see it every game. I mean, those guys, those two had a really rough game tonight, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, because of it, Alexia got pushed behind the net and gave that bad outlet pass. It hit the stick and boom. Um, it just different sets of RDs have been having hard times because uh, frankly, they're getting pressured. Like we are known in a puck pressure system. It's like we're other teams are giving us a taste of our own medicine. The only difference is, is they have more talent. They don't have as much injured players on the roster that we need back. And this is the result right here. So we need more net presence in the opposition, confuse them up a little bit. We need, I wouldn't say, I can't say too much about goaltending. Uh, it seems recently a lot has been the fault of defense. Not as much on the goaltenders for Look, now. I mean, would you agree? Yes and no. Here's why. Um, if you look at the D numbers, they're just kind of ho-hum. A lot of this entire club, everything is ho-hum. Everything. Okay? Right. But if you take all categories, by the way, and let me intervene here about the power play. We finally got back on track. We were good for a while. We were hanging at 23%. Then we shit the bed right before this road trip, dropped five. We've got one power play goal and I think 23 tries tonight. Right. So we finally got back on, okay? So we were struggling there for a bit. So we got that. That needs to shore up. Um, the D is yes, obviously needs to get better. The goaltending is very average, but of all the categories out there, PK, everything, whatever, still five on five goal production is brutal and down one goal, basically one goal a game. 0.75 to one a game is the difference. How many games have we been in that go to overtime and end up losing four to three? Oh, they've lost, they have okay. uh, six overtime losses. Okay. Okay, so there you go. And they won one. Throw one goal on that in regulation, and it doesn't even go to OT, correct? If you can hold them out. Exactly, yeah. Right? Yeah. Am I right? Okay, yeah. just for instance. You because, know, some, so, because some of those games, I don't have the number, but the, the opponent came back. They were. That, that is the total difference of all categories. That one b blooms more than any by a long shot. That is where we've been inconsistent all year is putting the puck in the net and getting that average up to that 3-4-ish. 3.4, whatever we were at last year, as opposed to 2.6 or whatever we're at right now. So, so um, the Kraken, they're getting out. Not enough quality. We've no. Are they, are they getting out? No. You don't think yeah. I mean, no. I mean, what? Look at Ebbs. Where you been at? What's going on all year, buddy? Hmm? Yeah. You got McCann. You got Bjorkstrand. Those guys are consistently pretty much doing it, right? The rest of the guys, we kind of went over this a couple episodes, Chris, are right. mid-level or below in production. And then, of course, a lot of people, when you listen to all the stuff on the Twitters and the X's and all that stuff is, you know, the bottom six replacement, losing the three, coming back with three. You know, we've gone over that ad nauseum. It's just, yes, those numbers aren't up as much, but last year's guys were playing over their head. They're just doing kind of okay in their, you know, clubs right now. Um, they're not just popping out like they were last year hearsay. Um, and by the way, I was logging all their minutes as well. Each one of those players has gained two to three minutes of ice time with their respective clubs that they're on. So they're getting more ice time, but their production is the same or less uh, than they were here last year. Yes. You know, we've got some very streaky 
guys on the club now, you know, like our bottom six right now is pretty streaky. Right. And we're relying on our, what used to be our number three line, probably more than anything for production these days to the point where you're almost calling them our number one or our number two line these days, as far as uh, production wise and uh, getting respect on the defensive side of the puck from the other teams. So it, it's, it really comes down to, if you had to take one category and say, get this fixed is production from five on five play more than anything. The rest is just very average all the way across. So what does a coaching staff, any, not, you know, obviously it's Hackstall's coaching staff, but any team that's in the situation, what do you do? Do you keep switching the lines around? Cause it seems oh. like Hack's starting to do that. And he's been doing that. Correct. Right. right. Um, he's actually, he's done that all year because of injuries. You know, let's talk about injuries for a little bit. Cause a lot of people always want to throw that in the, in the blame game. Um, Burakovsky. We don't know what he's going to do when he comes back. He wasn't back long enough before he got hurt again, right? Um, but when people automatically assume like, oh, Burakowski's coming back, it's a whole game changer. You can't say that. You don't know yet, right? It's a, one guy on this club isn't going to make that much of a difference when he wasn't, you know, not a superstar status kind of guy. Um, and then, you know, we've had people in and out of the lineup. We finally got um, Tana back, which is always a nice little shot in the arm, obviously, for anything. Um, but, and we're, you know, we're, we've got the constant rotation of one player for a couple of games coming up from Coachella and it was McCormick this time, but you know, these guys are pulling six to seven and a half minutes a game. You're really not going to notice them. Right. No. Did you have something you want to say? Nathan looked like you were ready to fire off. No, sorry. Bring I was it. pointing to some my wife. <laughs> no, actually I, I will say something. The, the, with everything going on with, like, you know, of course, the injuries and changing lines and everything like that. You can't always rely on something that may have worked a few games ago. It's not always going to work the same way. So I kind of get it. I understand it. I do it on my team. Right. So, But we can actually say that our third line has been our most consistent all year long. That's the one that has been broke, broken up the least. The same personnel. Um, they get hot. They get a little bit streaky. But nobody else can say that. That first line has just been hammered with all kinds of combinations right um and maddie's still not he showed some spark you know a couple of weeks ago but kind of flat right now um mccann he's been that guy that circle hash mark guy's got the greatest freaking short side stinger either side by the way it was on the right side tonight yeah, so I thought, yeah but um everywhere he's nothing wrong with him and and no Colby and some other guys are starting you know come up a little bit but you're right they're sort of middle of the pack guys like we're really looking I mean, for like only two maybe three guys you know to, to do much with yeah. scoring you know you you posted on our on our twitter recently well just a day ago i guess um the goal differential Jeez. yeah Minus nineteen point seven as well as of yesterday. It's it's now it's now it's a little on the goals expected. Right. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, look, you know, I usually grab. I'm, I'm an old school guy, so I grab my stats and I'm a eye test guy. But I will go grab the analytic deep dive stuff as well. That's rather obvious and blatant, important, and that's one of them. Uh, a couple of weeks ago it was, it was, uh, it was showing the defensive pairings on our. Uh, our third pairing, which was actually pretty positive for minutes on ice, which was surprising because you don't, you don't think of Doomy and Schultz as like talk time, but uh, their numbers were actually pretty good. But yeah, we've, we've had some big time communication breakdowns defensively 
from the red line in, you know, people want to point, what about it? It's team defense. It's not just defense. It's team structure. That comes back to structure. That That's the system, right? Um, if your system is getting pressured like what you teach yours to do, you're in a bind. You need to change it up or whatever. Same with offense. You know, it's just, and, you know, okay, we've got guys injured. But do, do you think that if we had everybody back healthy, do you think it would be much different than it is right now? Probably not. Maybe, maybe. Well, on some of these very close games, maybe it would make a difference. I, I don't know. Like right now, I think right. things in the guys' heads a little bit. You know, exactly. You know, you're you're because and it's and this is in sports and everything. When things are going sour, they really go south. And right when you're on a roll, you're you you know, like we've seen with some some teams like the Bruins and the Rangers, it seems like they can't do anything wrong. You know? Exactly, especially when you look at the roster. Say, I mean, look, I had the Bruins at maybe a bubble team. And look at him. I was like, what the hell's going on? You know, it's because they're the mind and that's a lot of coaching. It's they need totally to get home. Coach, it, yeah. It's coaching. It's chemistry. It's everything. So it's so disappointing because we saw such, cause it's not that it's not like we have a whole new team. Like, like say the, no, I know or whatever. Some of the other, like we've, we, these guys have been playing with each other for a while and yes. And they showed, Granted, it wasn't always consistent, but they showed a, a decent, obviously a decent amount of chemistry enough that it got them in the playoffs and even got them to the second round. So you're like, correct. That's why it was just, oh my gosh, and these kids are going to get better and better. This is like such a such a disappointment because it felt like worst case scenario, maybe they're they're going to be still on the same level. I was thinking that, but I'm thinking, okay, they're going to be a little better. And there's a lot of hockey left, but I just, you know, Jim, we, we were saying, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't going to believe it, but I mean, we said, you know, uh, last episode, you know, gee, I mean, this is tough. They could go and that would be awful to go and four on the yeah. road trip. And they've been this team also historically better on the road than at home. So yes, which that's is, why I'm thinking, okay, well, that's not going to happen. Maybe that. But yeah. who knows now it's, it, it doesn't matter, you know, and you've got, you've got a, you know, New Jersey, you know, now they're going to be on this long homestand coming up, uh, but it's six games, right? Yeah. Six yeah. games in a row, which is unusual that long. And, and they're all really jammed up. Like every two days is like, you know, New yep. Jersey got a day off Tampa Bay, no day off Minnesota's very next day on the 10th, two days off. I mean, one day off, excuse me. And then back with Florida day off chicago a day off la kings phew and then yeah, they on the road day off and a road to dallas and you know and a little stint on the road but uh i yeah it's something's got to turn around here and you know and i'm not advocating for this at all but i mean this is the time of the year we've talked about it when you know minnesota fired their coach the other day and obviously edmonton when things are going south it's a lot of losses in a row or a team is underachieving per what they were perceived to be, we see coaching changes. So there's a lot of chatter in fans. Again, I'm not advocating this necessarily one way or the other. I'm not really sure what to do on this, but uh, there's a lot of chatter of wonder of fan, the frustrated, angry fans, not a lot of Seattle Kraken fans. Like I'm going to support them no matter what they're trying hard and blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Whatever. (laughs) It's fine. You know, I, I, I know they're trying hard and I, I love them and I want them to win every game, but also right, cold water of realities in my face, boys. And it seems like if they if they lose another one or two in a row, uh, boy, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not okay. gonna take any bets of uh, Hextall winning coach of the year this year. 
Okay, Chris, let's back up a little bit. So on the last two episodes, I believe it was, maybe it was last, when I said, I asked you that question straight up because it hit me in the head because we're yep. at that magic time of the year where, you know, your benchmark, right? We talk about it a million times. Yeah, we've talked like, about this a number of times, yeah. Th Thanksgiving post. It's, it's a league judgment, right? And uh, that's why I said to you, I said, what happens? Because we weren't feeling good before the road trip, right? Except for the win against San Jose. It, it felt like something's off. Totally. And, and throw the San Jose game out. When it doesn't matter. We went into the holiday feeling good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why I asked you that question straight up. Because it entered me like, okay, we're not feeling great. What happens if they go on the road and they go 0-4? And you had a decent pause because you, you weren't ready to answer that, I don't think. And But it hit you too at the same time. Like, well, shit, what does happen? Well, guess what? It happened. And the reason I said that is because I know that feeling at that point, what's, you know, what, how management and staff look at things where they're at. And so it's a huge to get on the road and do that and then come home, right? Because they, in their mind, they're still thinking, we are still a road team. Well, you're not right now, okay? Correct? So now you're coming home uh, as, um, <laughs> I, whenever we talk about home ice, you know, we, we kind of joke, but not really about it. But I think of Rob, you know, because I'm, I'm there to defend the deep. Rob Colmore, he says, oh, yeah. I do my job every night. I'm defending the deep, but it's not working, right? So um, we're coming home. And, and like I said, it's between holidays. People are in pretty good moods, right? Some people are stressed out or whatever. But we want to go see some hockey. We drop some big money for it. We want to sit down. We want to be entertained. Now, when people aren't happy, just like I said last episode, and it starts being on the news a lot and people aren't happy, that's – you think? what do you think Ronnie's doing right now? What do you think he's doing right now? He's having a very heart-to-heart, -heart, intense conversation with Hackstall and maybe the whole coaching, probably the whole coaching staff, Larry, I, and Jay, and all of them. I mean, I'm, I, I'm sure they're in some very tense meetings, I would think. I don't believe it's happened yet because, uh, you know, I don't know where Ronnie is. I don't know if he's at home or whatever, but it, there's going to be, you know, that's it's not going to be a comfy time. I, I can tell you that. So, and, and then, you know, people like, I brought this up on the, I posted about it. I said something about, look, you know, I wasn't happy when they signed an extension after one winning season. Who does that? Okay. So they did it. And here we are. Uh, enough said. That's all I'm going to say. Well, we got kind of spoiled last season with the hockey we were able to witness. But as you said before, and we've mentioned many times, this is the time of year where if if you haven't figured yourself out by around Thanksgiving-ish, you know, first week of December, you're going to have some tough times. And now we need to battle just to get to 500 hockey. Yeah. Can we get, can we get, can we get, what do we have, six home games? Can we get four? Can we get four out of those six? Maybe. Is that too much to ask? Well, if you look at our if you look at our home record, it, it probably is. But you know what else is weird? Like when we were playing, I don't know if you caught on this, but when we were playing Ottawa the other night, we had the same record, win loss record, but we have six overtime losses and they had none. That's because we have played six more games than them. Yeah, we still we still a lot are of games, a lot of top teams, teams have more, with more. Yeah, they have the other that teams doesn't help. Vision have games in hand, right? 
That I mean, doesn't help. like, you know, tying like one point, one point, one point. All right, we'll take that over a full loss. But you no, know, you're right, Jim. And um, it it just feels. Um, yeah, like last year, just looking back at last year, just they they'd be a little streaky team at times, but it just felt I felt a little more confidence and they were exciting. But it all gets down. All of this gets down to expectations. Edmonton and Minnesota had higher expectations now and way higher expectations, especially if you're Edmonton and they fired their coaches. Anaheim just went on a big slide. Well, they won the other night, but you know, they, I think they've only won two of their last 10. They were kicking butt for a while and you're like, well, well they must be playing over the head. And now they're sort of coming down to earth, but the coach is going to keep this job because the expectations aren't that high. But now, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little I'm a little worried for the for the for the staff. I mean, I want them to be all right and get back and throw some cold water in their faces. I don't know whatever it takes, or or just you know scared that they're going to lose a job. I don't know what motivates, you know, what motivates athletes. It's it's all different for different athletes, but something's got to change. And if they go, you know, two out of two for out of you know six. I, I can't imagine there's not going to be some dramatic change, whatever it is. I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm not really comfortable talking about that or getting too deep into that yet. As far as my feelings on the whole, you know, coaching change and all that, if, if that comes to that, there's a lot of people that want to see it happen now and think, Oh, it should have happened, you know, sooner. Well, you got to bring up last season. Everybody was doing their job, yeah, whatever. But I'm just not ready to fight off piece of that cheeseburger yet. I still think there's time to get back into the win column, figure some things out. Not much time. I'm not saying uh, the end of January, oh, we figured it out. We've got a couple of weeks where we can hopefully get back to 500 hockey and just move forward, put our pedal to the metal and not look back have things ironed out by mid-December, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Sports, that's the thing about hockey is just the dynamic of how when a coaching change happens, typically seems to happen earlier in hockey. You know, I mean, it might happen in football, basically if the team is really tanking way too early. But, you know, if they're kind of doing middling, there's enough games or there's enough time where you figure you can turn it around. But that's not typical in hockey is going back to what we we're saying november early december this is the time they'll they'll make some sort of change typically so that's why it's in our mind <laughs> well we we still have to give credit to the players uh, bring up vegas for example obviously of course how many coaches did they go through in their first three seasons four seasons you know three coaches and but, but every fan didn't believe in it either as opposed to this right right which is what I'm saying, though, is there still needs to be credit where credit's due as far as the player aspect of it. Right. It can't all be coaching. There's got to be. I mean, there's there's times where he might be barking at you from the bench and you're like, fuck you, dude, I'm I'm doing this. And it goes in the net. I mean, it happens, but I'm just not I'm not certain we're going to see any kind of change. I think we're going to need a little bit more of a drastic slide. God forbid 
And I don't want to, I don't want it to have to come to that. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Now. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen now, even if they lose the ne- next I, game, but within these next few games, I, something's going to change. I agree. Look, my whole point was I'm not a fan of extensions when you have a year left on your contract. Correct. There's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I get that's, that. That's totally. all I'm saying. Yeah. But that's something that Ronnie has that kind of confidence in Hacks. He felt good. He felt good. That's fine. But, you know, you had a year to worry about this, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. I mean, it was always interesting when they hired Lowry, when they, you know, expanded. And I was thinking, okay, is he the heir apparent or what? what is that going on? Anyway, we're just predicting. We don't know. We'll see. May the Kraken start winning some games and going on another streak. I mean, they're going to be one of these like streaky teams, you know, lose four, win three, win five, lose four. You know, are they would... going to be the 2019 St. Louis Blues or the 2015 Pittsburgh Penguins type of thing? Right. Of like, you know, having just, just Shit going... years and then go to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Within the same year. Right. Yeah. We well, hell, let's do that. Yeah, we thought okay. we saw some LA Kings teams barely make. Let's go play. look at the rosters right now. No, yeah. I don't want to. You can't make me. Uh, <laughs> look it up tonight after this. All right. All right. Well, the hell anyway, cut, like, few days, a little bit of a day, a few days off here, and then uh, long homestand, as we said. New Jersey Devils coming up uh, this coming Thursday. Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Florida, Chicago, LA Kings, which is you know. Uh, uh, Pacific Division rival, so that's a big, important game, and and they all are. Then some of them, those are a tough games, but some of them are winnable. And um, if they can just play a better full sixty, they should be winning these games. Speaking of games, Nathan, so we haven't seen you in a while. What you've been like, kind of adding on to your hockey life beyond this podcast? Huh? You've been playing, and your son's been playing. Yeah, we have been, buddy. You, what's been going on? Well. First off, sorry to everybody for missing the last couple episodes. But, uh, yeah, my son, he plays 8U hockey. He's a goalie. Uh, He also, you know, played defender at that level, like I explained before. When you're that young, five, six, seven years old, they don't want to designate a child to one specific position. They want them to skate around, see where they they flourish, and and just experience everything. He's been doing fantastic. He had a couple of games on Saturday up in Mount Lake Terrace, had a couple of shots on goal playing How left. How old is He's five, but he plays mostly with seven and eight-year-olds. Oh. So when he's in the net and he's stopping, you know, he's stopping 11 out of 12 one game and, you know, he's stopping – 10 out of 13 shots another game that's pretty good for somebody who's only learned to skate back in february of this year that's awesome and he's taking inspiration from you because you're playing a lot more too yourself right yeah yeah i play for a team called the rebel squad i'm captain and manager of that team it's it's beer league hockey uh it's at uh twin rinks in tacoma pretty fun facility a lot of great people a lot of great teams uh some pretty good captains within our division we're doing good we're uh we started off really strong, winning, I think, six of the first seven or eight games. And then it's kind of been win one, lose one. But uh, it's a long season. Our season started September 30th and goes all the way uh, in the middle of May. And then there's playoffs. So we've got about 39, 
39 games left or so, something like that. All so right. Well, we've got a lot. Yeah, I'm glad, glad you're doing that. Glad you're having a lot of fun and all. And uh, hopefully our, our timing on the podcast can 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 jive. We'll see what happens. It depends on the Kraken's uh, schedule, of course. We're, as uh, as we've been mentioning, we've been doing more of these than we have in past. Usually we were like every two weeks, almost to the day. And now we're, we're just trying to do it a little more while we can. So report on three or, three or four games and uh, – so uh, anyway, trying to trying to do this a little more, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been great. So anyway, Nathan, yeah. when you're gonna be on the ice, we totally understand. But when you're not, like we got knew you weren't tonight. Good, great to have you back. So I appreciate it, and I just want everybody to know that I wasn't going anywhere. I'm here to stay. It's this is a lot of fun. I love talking hockey with you guys. There you go. Well, we enjoy it too. So uh, Jim, you and I are gonna be together at the New Jersey game. And um, what do we got to look at? What 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 what's the impressions on that Jersey team from you? Um, okay, so I was just looking at the schedule, see which games I'm going to. I believe I have about three in the out of that home stretch. I've got three. I'm going to the Jersey game. I'm going to the Florida game with Nathan probably, and then oh. I'm going. Then you and I are going to the Blackhawks game too. Right. Um, okay. So immediate schedule. Uh, let me see here. Jersey, they've been kind of helter skelter with their own fans and and media. Um, not really doing what they should uh, on paper. I think they're slowly getting it going. Um, as we know, Tampa Bay is, what are they, 11 and 10 here. They're, they're both the same record, those guys. I can't believe that. Yeah, yeah but as of the recording. They're basically 500. 11, 10 and 5 for yeah. Lightning and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Devils. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then you got Minnesota down there, which is uh, probably a carbon copy of us. Very disappointed fans and not a very good record right now. Um, I've heard a lot of squawking from Minnesota fans right up front. But then again, that's one of those teams where I think we were talking about it last week, uh, Chris, that this, the fans are, the, the team really just never does what expected over the last 10 years, it seems. Um, but they're on all they're you know, since the coaching change, I don't know. If yeah. Yeah. But they've won three in a row and you know, they, they're showing a little signs of life. Yeah. And then Florida's Florida. That could obviously tough. Um, and then uh, Chicago, right? Yeah, who were which, which you and me double I doubled up on those tickets because I wanted to see Bedard from the day he was drafted. And so I'm looking forward to that. And they're a lot they, like they, us. Yeah, they they've uh well, although not not a lot of they've had no uh yeah. shootout loss or no uh right. time losses. Uh they only won two of the last ten games or on a right game losing streak uh, as of our recording day here. So uh they you know they've shown little bits of life, and they you know they played uh, cracking tough the last time. But yeah, uh, you know it's um, that could be that should be a winnable game. Uh, well, yeah, I mean you would hope, but we lost there right to yeah. them last week, and then of course you got L.A., which is one of the strongest damn teams around these days, and they don't yeah, look like they're going down doing, at all. Doing very strong so far this year. Yeah. I, I don't even I don't even know if I'm going to watch that game. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some LA games and it's been well, but you know what? They crazy. always get to play the game. I just love it. You know, we had that really frustrating, sad loss to the Vancouver Canucks at home. And what did the Canucks do the next day? Yes. Lose to the Sharks. Lose to the lowly, very lowly San Jose Sharks, who are still lowly. They haven't been doing much of it. Although they almost knocked off. Let me see. Who did they play? Oh, they've, they've once, I mean, they, oh, beat they almost Detroit. knocked off New York last night. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, any given day. Yeah. I know, I know exactly. Yeah. They're like a, they're kind of like the Kraken, like a typical game four to three against anybody, win or yeah. lose, right? <laughs> right. <laughs>
I mean, you know, the sharks were in our division, but I'm going to be honest with you. I felt so bad. I was rooting for them over New York. It didn't go that way, but you know, it was close. It was close. Yeah, they gave him yeah, a good game. Yeah. yeah, those unis are a little bright, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah they're <laughs> a little bright. Totally. Uh, well, anyway, lots to see, and you know, we're on uh, pins and needles here, waiting to see what happens with the Kraken and and what happens in the next few days. And it'll be great to have the team back home, so a lot of us can see them in person. So uh, anyway, so that about wraps up this episode. Reminder, we've still got a few T-shirts left, folks. If you go to SeattleCrackenFanCast.com, click on the shop link, and you'll be brought to our T-shirt page. And once again, we've got the Dunn & Larson Maritime Laurent Group shirts. We've got a few XLs left. That's all we got on that. Not too many, but we have quite a few uh, Kraken FanCast shirts. We've sold a bunch, but good, good to have uh, more and more available on the medium, large, and extra large sizes. So uh, if any of you want to pick those up, we'd really appreciate it. And we'd uh, love seeing some of the fans. We actually walked around the uh, arena not too long ago and uh, saw a couple of uh, people we knew uh, with those shirts. So that was that was great to see. So we appreciate the support there. We also appreciate all the Patreon support. If you'd like to help us financially be able to do what we do cost a few bucks for us uh, we really appreciate it we've got our uh, financial uh, uh, support platform patreon.com slash fancast always very grateful to all support remember to check us out on facebook twitter and instagram we've got pages on there jim's putting up a lot of stuff i put up occasional things nathan please engage with us on there we really appreciate that and remember you can always hear us on apple podcasts Spotify and Podbean, or also at a link at our very own website, SeattleCrackandFanCast.com. All right, so coming up, we'll be coming back in about a week or so after the next three or four games and uh, talk about them. Hopefully, we'll be in a better mood. Okay, so once again, thanks uh, to and cheers to Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, and big cheers to our producer, Jay Middleton. I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in, and as always, we say, Go, Go crack. Crack it.